Hello and welcome to our second uh, podcast, uh, which is a joint podcast between ZSL, the Zoological Society of London, and Lion Trust, uh, the asset managers. And today we want to talk about uh, sustainability uh, in the natural rubber uh, supply chain. Uh, I'm joined by uh, Eleanor Spencer from ZSL. Um, thanks very much for joining us again today. Thanks for having me. Um, so in our first pod podcast, we spoke about spot. And um, perhaps you could just remind us what that is and, and why that's important. Yeah, absolutely. So um, spot is a project of the business and biodiversity team within ZSL. And we produce annual assessments of companies in forest risk supply chains, looking at the sustainability reporting um, on key issues across uh, 10 different categories that, that we look at. So we focus on companies' publicly available information because we're trying to encourage transparency in the sector. We see that as a first step towards sustainability. And we assess, uh, for instance, we look at their annual reports, the sustainability reports, their website, and assess that information against uh, between 120 and 180 different indicators that relate to, for instance, uh, deforestation and human rights issues, uh, as well as traceability in the supply chain and, and governance questions. We then produce a final score um, uh, for each of those companies that we assess and make all of that information publicly available for their investors, their banks, their buyers in the supply chain and other stakeholders to use it to support engagement with that company um, and to, to push for better practices on the ground. So uh, we began assessing palm oil companies back in 2014 and we then started looking at the timber and pulp sector in 2017 and just recently we've launched our first assessments of companies in the natural rubber sector um, which is we believe the first assessments of this kind um, done in this sector so we're really keen to to engage with investors and, and other stakeholders on this information and see if we can improve that conversation okay great so as investors, we find this really useful because this kind of information isn't available to us. So if you want to find out how sustainable uh, are companies in this sector, um, it's hitherto been very difficult to work that out. And so for us, it's really helpful to be able to go in and look at the very detailed work uh, that ZSL have done in this spot um, initiative uh, and to be able to essentially differentiate between the really proactive companies uh, as opposed to the reactive ones uh, and also specifically to have things which you can engage with companies on specific things that you you want to improve so that's that's great i also think it's really interesting because climate change is very much at the fore uh, in everyone's mind and uh, while renewables are clearly important you know even if we woke up tomorrow and all energy came from renewables uh, we'd only be about a quarter of the way there uh, and a lot of emissions come from land use change uh, and, uh, and forestry as well as agriculture and this plays uh, very nicely into that because it's, it's related to this um, sector where there's a lot of potential negative externalities that are going on that, that need to be managed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, um, so you're now concentrating on, on natural rubber Perhaps you could um, tell me a little bit about um, what it is, what we use it for, and, and whether there are any substitutes for that uh, and, and how that works. 
Yeah, absolutely. So natural rubber uh, is a commodity that I think has had a lot less attention than some of the others we look at, something like palm oil and, and timber, but is actually in our everyday lives um, very frequently when we actually start to become aware of it. So uh, for instance, about 75% of natural rubber production is for the automotive industry for use particularly in tyres, um, but it's also used a lot in the medical industry for things like latex gloves, um, in flooring and, um, and in more kind of everyday household items, your mattresses, your yoga mats um, contain rubber. So it's, it's kind of all around us when we start to, to really look at it. Um, and I'm talking here about uh, natural rubber. There are two types of rubber that you can have. It can be natural or synthetic. Uh, synthetic rubber is usually uh, derived from petroleum, uh, whereas natural rubber obviously comes from the rubber tree. It's, it's uh, something that you take the, the latex from the tree, it's the sap essentially from the rubber plant. Uh, and that's the commodity supply chain that we're focusing on. Um, the two synthetic versus natural rubber, they have different um, properties in, in some ways. Uh, and this means that they can't be used for all of the same things. They have slightly different end uses. And there, although there are many cases where synthetic rubber can replace natural rubber, uh, it's not the case everywhere. For instance, in airplane tires, you need high, uh, the higher resilience and, and uh, heat resistance of natural rubber, which is why it's all airplane tires are 100% natural rubber. Uh, so there are some supply chains where it, it remains the main um, the main one. Uh, there's also the issue, of course, that if you were to, if you're looking at synthetic rubber as a potential substitute, that's also, as I said, derived from petroleum. So it's another fossil based, fossil fuel based um, uh, product. And, and we need to uh, obviously move away from fossil fuels. So it's not necessarily an alternative. Okay. So it's a very pervasive uh, product that we use in all sorts of areas. Uh, and natural rubber, um, you know, is something that uh, is here to stay. It's not that we're able to substitute it out with, with something much better. So mm. perhaps you could summarize some of the um, aspects that you were looking at, the, the impacts of natural rubber on the environment and society um, to sort of highlight why it's important that investing in companies or being involved with companies where rubber is a significant part of their supply chain that it's worth finding out how they're managing their natural rubber um, to make sure that they're not inadvertently um, causing lots of problems. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you've already alluded to, um, deforestation is a major issue in this supply chain, as it is with many other tropical forest uh, commodity sectors. So the, the rubber tree is originally from South America, actually, but is now particularly widely cultivated in Asia. There are six countries that are the main um, they have about 95% of rubber production occurs in those countries. So that's Thailand, Vietnam, China, India, Indonesia, and Malaysia. Um, and as we know, there is a lot of deforestation in, in parts of those countries from other commodity supply chains. And rubber is another one that, because it's a tropical tree, it obviously grows in the same areas as, as natural tropical forest. Um, and so often, uh, land has those forests have to be cleared in order to, to plant rubber. So. Um, that deforestation, as you mentioned, has climate change impacts, but also impacts on biodiversity and, and habitats for wildlife that lives there and for people who rely on those forests and the products that they get from them. 
Um, there are various other environmental issues often associated with, with unsustainable rubber production to do with chemical use and water pollution and soil erosion, particularly as we see production moving into more marginal areas, um, such as hilly areas. There are also various kind of more directly social uh, impacts of production. Uh, for instance, there can be issues with low wages, poor working conditions, um, child labour, to do with land grabbing and, and community right, uh, community land rights conflicts between companies and, and local people. Um, and it's, it's also a supply chain in which there are a lot of smallholders, about 85% on average, it varies between countries, but about 85% of production uh, is done globally by around 6 million smallholder farmers. So it's a, that makes it a slightly different supply chain to deal with in terms of sustainability governance because obviously the, the capacity to deal with production and, and to improve sustainability uh, in practices on the ground is altered by that, that different dynamic. Um, so, so that's something that we've kind of had to take into account in doing those, these assessments and something that we think it's important for, for companies and their stakeholders to engage with. Smallholders require a lot of support in these supply chains to, to make the industry more sustainable. Okay, so, um, well, that's fascinating. So there are huge challenges in trying to make sure that the natural rubber that we end up using um, uh, has been uh, managed in a way, because we've got lots of small stakeholders, uh, we've got lots of potential issues around deforestation and changing land use, um, etc. So. What's the industry trying to do uh, about this? Are they, um, do they have any initiatives that they're trying to pull all this together to try and get on top of these, managing these issues? Yeah. Um, so this is one of the questions that we're hoping to continue to answer. We're now doing um, assessments through spot of this industry. Um, we did an initial pilot just of 15 companies, um, but we think under those we are covering more than 13% at least of, uh, of the land bank under cultivation for rubber, so hope to expand that. And from those results, we've seen already a, a big split um, in how different companies are performing. The lowest scoring company uh, is about 0.8%, and the highest scoring is 72%, so there's a big difference there, and it's really important. One of our priorities is to bring those uh, kind of laggard companies up to uh, the standard of those that are performing better and reporting better uh, and to make the industry kind of as a whole move move towards more sustainable production. Um, we also found that there's a slight disparity between what companies uh, commit to, what the policies they have in place and actually what they report that they're doing on the ground. So we'd like to see um, more reporting of, of actions being taken to implement commitments. Um, Sorry, that, that's fascinating. It's something that, that we see a lot as well. I think a lot of, of people think that all uh, companies in the same industry are going to be very similar. But as we've seen in all the industries we look at, you, there's a huge disparity between how different companies are approaching um, managing their business. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of them are being really proactive and using it as a competitive advantage Mm -hmm. um, and it's in their strategy and others are real laggards um, and so this is an interesting way we think that it can help inform your investment decision 
uh, and enable you to find higher quality companies that are more likely to deliver on their strategy and generate better investment returns. So it's all about this idea that sustainability isn't just about CSR reporting, it's about you know, real strategy and real performance, uh, and it does differentiate between how much money ultimately uh, you will uh, make uh, from your investments. I'd add to that as well that um, I, I agree and I think we see uh, one of the main leverage points of Spot is that you can use it to push those companies that aren't necessarily performing as well to perform better. Um, all companies need to come up to a higher standard within the industry, so we're keen to to make sure that, that that can happen and everybody can improve. So what, what can people do, such as investors or, or people that are perhaps, um, you know, banks that are maybe funding um, uh, these sorts of companies or other stakeholders, how can they get hold of this information or, or get involved in, in this research and the, the results that are coming out of it? Yeah. Uh, again, I would say, obviously, uh, please have a look at our spot assessments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I as I said, we're really pushing for engagement with actors in this industry, with the companies, um, not just from investors, but also from banks and from um, buyers in the supply chain. So it's important to try and understand the supply chain, try and dig down into it and understand where, as an investor, you might have exposure uh, to this industry. As we discussed, it's it's a commodity that's kind of ubiquitous through a lot of products that we use. And so the exposure might not be as obvious, um, it might not be direct exposure, but you might find that actually you invest in a tire company or a medical products company, um, and that you have a link to this industry. Um, and so it's really important, I think, for, for all stakeholders to make sure they understand the issues and are looking at the companies that they have have links with. Um, in particular, in this sector, because it's sustainability is a more kind of nascent issue, um, there isn't an established agreed upon certification scheme specifically for natural rubber at the moment. There is the uh, Global Platform on Sustainable Natural Rubber, it's GPSNR, it's a slight Mm -hmm. handful as an acronym, um, which has launched recently, just this year, um, was originally an industry initiative and now is a broader multi-stakeholder initiative involving others. And that is aiming to support sustainable natural rubber production and and help um, provide guidelines for the industry but it isn't a sustainability scheme yet. And so in addition to to looking at the GPSNR, uh, we would encourage investors and other stakeholders particularly to dig into those policies, to dig into the reporting on practices because there isn't a kind of proxy such as a a sustainability um, certification rating that you can rely on here. So it's really important to understand the supply chain. No, that's really interesting because, you know, in forestry, people are looking for certification standards like FSC, mm-hmm. the Forest Stewardship Council, etc. But this is something where that doesn't exist. So, um, and it's great that you have gone in and done this analysis so that people can very easily see um, how all these companies stack up on these. I mean, it's very, I was looking at it before I came in, it's very detailed Um analysis on on what they're doing and and a really good way to quickly look at you know what areas perhaps an individual company um, needs to tighten up on Mm -hmm. I mean another thing that uh, that I came away with uh, having having looked at this was my original thought was a very interesting piece of work but we don't actually have any direct holdings in any of those companies there but it's Mm -hmm. woken me up to the idea that 
we definitely will have holdings uh, be invested in companies who are uh, have significant um, inputs coming out of the the natural rubber supply chain and, and therefore it's worth talking to them about where are you getting your natural rubber from and how are your suppliers um, and your your supply chain how are they uh, complying uh, and doing on this kind of um, mm. a really detailed analysis so that's really really useful for us um, because I think as investors we, we get a lot of information on financials we, we now get quite a lot on governance so what are the plans um, going forward with this what you're doing in the within spot on the natural uh, rubber companies yeah so uh, as I said this the assessments that we've just released are a kind of pilot we're just looking at 15 companies to start with 10 public five private um, and we'll be expanding those assessments going forward um, next year and, and onwards we because the the nature of this supply chain as i said there's, there's a high smallholder presence um, this means that the kind of power in the supply chain is more concentrated uh, slightly further downstream so in the big companies at the kind of producer, processor, manufacturer level. So we'll probably be incorporating more uh, downstream companies mm. in our assessments going forward uh, and particularly focusing on how they are supporting smallholders in, in their supply chains. Um, we'll obviously be working to increase kind of awareness of this supply chain as we talked about uh, among investors, buyers, uh, bankers who are financing these companies. Um, as well as engaging with the companies themselves, we engage with all companies that we assess through our assessment process. Um, and, and because they have had less attention and less support on sustainability so far, um, we're hoping that we'll be able to, to really help and support in that conversation. As part of our work, I mentioned this, the GPSNR, the, the Global Platform on Sustainable Natural Rubber. We're a member of that as LSL. And we'll be working closely with them as well to, to see how we can support this move. Uh, and, and we would encourage others, um, particularly financial institutions, to, to get involved with that work, to, to have a place at the table to, to become involved in with that conversation at this critical kind of time in the journey towards more sustainable natural rubber um, and, and to see how they can move that agenda forward. I would urge... Uh, people to um, use this really useful work to help inform the investment decisions and a good take home for me is that uh, although we're not directly invested in some of those companies um, we do own companies that do have natural rubber in their supply chain and it's worth uh, engaging with those companies to make sure that uh, they know what's going on mm -hmm. in their natural uh, rubber supply chain great for us um one of the main challenges we find is making sure that, as I said, when we engage with these companies through assessment assessments, that they understand that their investors and other stakeholders are looking at this data and are interested in knowing what they're reporting on sustainability, what they're doing about this. Um, and as you're aware, uh, earlier this year, we launched a supporter network for SPOT, which is essentially a way for those, those stakeholders whether they're from the financial sector, whether they're NGOs or, or buyers in the supply chain, to show their support for the work that we do to provide us with some, some endorsement publicly um, and really get that message out to companies that we need greater transparency in the industry and, um, and we're calling for that through the supporter network. And obviously Lion Trust is um, 
a joiner, so we're very grateful for that. Um, I'd be interested to maybe hear your thoughts on why you think it was useful to join and, and be part of the supporter network. Well, I think it goes back to, to this idea that there's some really interesting, innovative, very detailed research in specific areas like um, you've been doing in SPOT, which we couldn't possibly do ourselves, and we don't have the knowledge or the resources to do it. Uh, and that really helps us. Um, I've mentioned before that we've used that to decide, I mean, ultimately, um, whether or not to invest in a company. So we, we've chosen... Um, that we only want to invest in companies that are particularly proactive in how they're managing it. Um, and this work was very useful in, in showing, because you want to know, uh, you know, roughly how well is this company doing? Uh, and so that, that, that is really, really useful. Um, and I think that we would like to see more of this kind of research. Uh, and I totally understand that um, it's going to get a lot more traction if, the companies understand that you are speaking on behalf of a broad set of stakeholders who support what you're doing. Um, so they're not just talking to ZSL about this, they're talking to, you know, X billion of assets under management mm -hmm. from investors, but also maybe other NGOs or, or, or local community groups as well. So really important to, to support this uh, and make sure that um, the companies involved in this understand that the world is watching and looking at the results and that it's important um, that they uh, do what they can to uh, try and do their business in a, as sustainable way as they can. Thank you for um, joining the Supporter Network and, and for having this conversation. It's just great to have a chance to, I think, increase awareness of this issue and, and start those conversations about sustainability in the natural rubber sector. Thank you.